0: Let's make sure that history never forgets the
1: name.
2: Sci-fi Malad. Got out.
3: Sci-fi supplemental. does it get
0: those wonderful toys?
3: Welcome back, sickies, and I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. We took our break off. It just happened to fall in that way. And we normally, this time of year is when we at the Malady Studio like to sit down and look at the year and review what we loved, what we didn't love, some highlights. This year, I decided we've decided to take a little bit of a different tack. Uh, We decided that the holidays are over, you've gotten your gifts, and it kind of reminds me of when I was a child, usually the holidays meant one thing, toys, more toys. That was the big beef up of your collection. And I thought, well, you know, there's a lot of overlap between you sickies and maybe you're into collecting toys or you're interested in that topic. So why not cover that? So I've got uh, Thomas with me today. I'm here. Yep. You're here. He's there. Scott <laughs> had to sit this one out, but that's okay. And because we have some other guys who are with us today, people who are part of the toy collecting community on YouTube, uh, two guys who I have been following for, oh, more or less a year and uh, their content, their videos have just gone from strength to strength and I cannot collect as vigorously as they can. So I'm kind of living out my toy collecting fantasies through them vicariously. So <laughs> we're gonna get a lot of good takes from these guys. We have uh, over on Vintage Toy Rush, Dave.
4: Hello, how are you doing guys?
3: Doing great, thanks for coming on. And we also have another guy who <laughs> connected me to you, Dave. Uh, Luke Reynolds over at Reynolds Review. Say hello, Luke.
2: Hello, everyone. Thank you for inviting me on. It's a a pleasure.
3: Thank you for coming. I I was trying to think of a really clever way to insert uh, Cue the Match, but I just couldn't. do it.
2: Yeah, (laughs) difficult. It's difficult. (laughs) So,
3: but nonetheless, thank you guys for coming on. So uh, before we dive into the topic, I thought I'd give you a little bit of a, a promo here. Could you tell, uh, we'll start with Dave. Could you tell the sickies a little bit about your
4: channel? Sure. Uh, So I started the channel at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, The channel name is Vintage Toy Rush. Uh, As the name suggests, it focuses on uh, the vintage side of things. Um, I collect all sorts of uh, vintage toys, mostly from the 70s and 80s. And my channel covers my journey, I guess, of uh, of collecting all of those glorious items. Um, I also do some restorations. I, I love to find toys that need uh, attention and help and bring them back to uh, life. And, uh, you know, the typical kind of toy hunts and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if you're into that kind of stuff, then hopefully I've got something there for you.
3: Sickies, I have to say, I really enjoy his uh, restoration videos. It's amazing watching him take these some of these and just restore them to new life uh, recently you did a b-wing and and as someone who has two b-wings in fact one of which is in much more pristine condition than the other uh it was it was like watching me open up that box that first time i had it
4: <laughs> so. actually that b-wing came from luke <laughs> believe it or not it uh, <laughs> was a generous gift from luke uh it had a few uh things wrong with it and Luke knows that I just love to take these things apart, um, understand how they work, and then fix them up.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Right, and and that's uh, a lot of fun watching that. Uh, and you're not the only one, of course. Uh, one of the biggest channels out there is Retroblasting with Michael French, and he does quite a bit of restoration
4: as well. So. And uh, Toy Poloy, he he is really the master of toy restoration. Oh,
3: is is he ever? In fact, that's another one I recommend. Sickies Toy Palloy. Uh Just. Uh, that's kind of a play on word sickies for the uh, toy company Palatoy, which would be, if you know anything about toy companies in the U.S., that would be kind of the sister company of Kenner that we had here. So a lot of the product lines that Kenner did, Palatoy did as well. Is that right? That was a sister company, I believe?
4: Yeah. So, well, Palatoy yeah, is a U.K. company. They licensed a lot of the uh... Lines from Kenner, so um, and Hasbro as well. So uh, they licensed uh, GI Joe and introduced Action Man here in the UK, and then obviously they licensed uh, Star Wars as well under the Palitoy brand.
3: Right, and those were their obviously their biggest th- uh, biggest lines in the '80s, especially.
4: Um, Absolutely, yeah. Much
3: much like here, those were GI Joe and Star Wars were tremendously successful here. So uh okay great oh i'm sorry
4: i was gonna say uh yeah action man uh one decade of the uh, toy of the decade actually back in the the uk back in the i think it's for the 70s it was huge action man here in the uk
3: yeah action man you know i watched uh the action man um retrospective from tony over at analog and i really wish we had had that line especially with the robo skull looking at that I thought, what an amazing vehicle.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, there is a RoboSkull here in the collection room. Um, it's an awesome, awesome vehicle. Um, that was part of the uh, Action Force line, which was a, a follow-up to Action Man. Right, right. right.
3: And I, and uh, Sickies, if you've never heard of it, I suggest you go online, Google RoboSkull, just one word, and this is even if you never collect Action Force. This is uh, an amazing-looking toy. I would have normally, as a, as a child, I never crossed IPs. You know, I never put Marvel with Star Wars or anything <laughs> else. I would have found a way to make it happen with the Robo Skull.
4: Yeah, I, I never had one as a child, and uh, last year I managed to uh, to find one and add it to the collection. It's it looks it looks awesome on the display shelf. <laughs> yeah i imagine so all right thank you dave
3: and uh luke tell us about your channel
2: yes uh, so i started the channel around i think it was sort of february march time um 2020 so around the same time as dave sort of locked down in the uk um, and it was initially meant to be purely Star Wars content, hence my sort of logo and the theme tune, etc. cetera. Um, but then, of course, once I got into YouTube and, and started watching more channels, I was massively influenced by by other content creators. So um, the room was only ever meant to be Star Wars items. It has now got various different toy lines in there. But I, I mainly do sort of pick up videos, Um, recently gift donations because everyone is so generous Uh, but I do the odd minor minor restoration as well I mean my skills are nothing like Dave's Um, (laughs) if it involves taking things apart I generally I generally don't do it Um, but yeah there is the odd minor restoration on there as well as uh, other little bits of different stuff but it's mainly just the toys that I'm picking up but yeah um, if you enjoy that kind of thing uh, by all means stop by
3: yeah, definitely. And I, what's interesting for me is I recall finding out about Luke's channel on a retro retroblasting live stream. He had these Saturday live streams during the lockdown. And uh, I just happened to see him mention how do I... The, he asked Michael a question about getting started or getting your That's channel right, yeah. out there. And I thought, oh, well, I'll give him a shot. And the first video was... Uh, you can say oh, it, Mark. <laughs> it was beginning. It was. It was. <laughs>
1: it, was, it, was. <laughs> it was very much a be- work of beginners. Um, uh, yeah, we have nothing yep. to talk about on that one. Oh,
3: no, everyone's everyone <laughs> starts that way. Everyone starts that way. But I, I remember you looking back on your 100th episode, Luke, yeah. looking at yourself and saying, emote a little bit,
2: Luke. <laughs> Look excited. Yeah well it's it's funny because sorry i was talking to to uh, rachel only this evening about about that video um and the strange thing is what what struck me straight away when i used that clip in the 100th video was the not just obviously i didn't seem particularly happy that i was doing it. it was it looked like it was the last place i wanted to be but the picture <laughs> quality seemed so poor even though I'm still using the same equipment, the exact same equipment that I used to film that video is what I'm using now. So I was a little bit confused to why the, the picture quality seemed poor. However, yeah, I mean, the, you know, there's no personality. And I said to Rachel, I remember feeling that I had to be really quiet because she was still in bed and the, the bedroom, the <laughs> main bedroom is straight above um, the, the Reynolds reviews base. So I was very quiet purposely um just a poor choice to pick the first video on that day and I, and I don't think it was a great idea to do a room tour either for the first video but yeah lessons learned
3: oh absolutely I I'm glad I chose to stick around because I saw the first video and thought oof well <laughs> my very first podcast episode I sounded like I was uh, a zombie on NPR I I had this soft voice like this and I <laughs> I was I was human Valium. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Coffee was needed
1: in large quantities.
3: Yeah. So so I watched the the, what one or two others he had and I thought, all right, there's 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 something here. I'll give it a go. I'll I'll stick around. And as time went on, it was just strength to strength. Luckily, with Dave, I caught on later because Luke recommended it, and so I came in after you had your uh, your learning curve, your probing Absolutely. ground. <laughs> so I didn't have to see early cringe.
4: My my very first uh, episode was actually I went straight in at the deep end. Uh, I I actually did it as a live stream. <laughs> oh, right. So. Uh, i had I had zero viewers at the time of that live stream. Um, but I just went for it. You've got to start somewhere. If you don't start, then uh, then we you know both of us wouldn't have these channels if we hadn't started somewhere,
3: Sure, sure. And that's how I looked at it, and I'm glad I stuck around because it's been uh, a wonderful time uh, watching and and commenting uh, sickies, if you. I, I do mean this, and Luke means this as well, every time, and and Dave as well, when they tell you to comment and that they try to get back to every comment, they are serious. Luke has responded just about every comment I've ever given, and I usually give three or four as i'm watching videos because i comment i comment
2: as i watch again again it's funny you, you mentioned that mark because um it was my brother who i was chatting with and he said to me again when he helped me out with the hundredth video he said this guy mark in your comment why does he leave four or five comments on the same video i was like you know what no idea i really don't know i don't question it i just respond but yeah um, he mentioned that only a few weeks ago
3: well there's your answer i do it as i'm watching I'll pause your video and then make my comment because for some reason I fear if I don't do it, I'm going to forget what I wanted to say.
2: That makes perfect sense now you've said it that way. Yeah. Because you will. Let's be honest. You will. Yeah,
3: forget. I I will. I'll move on and then you'll pull out something else and I'll go, Ooh, look at that. <laughs> shiny thing.
2: Yeah, like
4: shiny thing. Yeah. So uh, Yeah, it
2: makes sense.
3: Yeah. Uh at any rate, uh, you guys kind of covered how you got started, and so that's fine. So let's dive right into sci-fi themed toys. And one of the things I've discovered is that most toy lines are invariably sci-fi themed, at least in my experience, at least a little bit. And so <clears throat> concerning the toys you had as a child, which lines were you drawn to? Uh, and? You know, my parents, when I was younger, bought a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But about, I would say, age five, when I could start really becoming aware and cognizant of IPs and stories, uh, Star Wars was my first go-to. I can recall having Star Wars toys a few, but it wasn't until I saw Empire the first time. I'd seen Star Wars before that I think I was too young to really pay attention then I saw Empire and I was hooked and I remember telling my dad find me Star Wars toys whenever and <laughs> we would he would go to flea markets or or car sales or uh, if you were lucky local stores would have some leftover or the when the final 17 came out and that became my line until (laughs) until tmnt until ninja turtles yeah and that became my replacement so what about you guys uh let's start with dave what was what were the lines you played with and collected as a kid
4: oh all sorts um sci-fi and non-sci-fi too uh actually some of the first sci-fi related toys i played with were was actually lego it was the uh, space Lego. I don't know if you remember remember I those do. kits. Yeah, I do.
0: Um,
4: the blue and grey bricks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was I was always as a kid. I was always fascinated in building things um, and the mechanics of how things work. Uh, so so Lego was <laughs> right right for me. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'd always you know, my dad my dad was <laughs> fairly generous in finding uh, these Lego sets, and I just loved building those. Um, but also, of course, Star Wars. You can't really live around that time without Star Wars being in right. your life. And I actually came across the toys first rather than the films. Mm. As, as a younger child, I didn't really go to the cinema that much, to be honest. Um, but uh, my, my friend at school, um, he was heavily into Star Wars. And I remember going around to his house one day and he, his dad had converted the loft um in his house into essentially a, a playroom and mm. you go, you go up these kind of rickety steps ladders into the into loft and you you pop your head through the, the loft hat and look around and it was just this most amazing playroom that my friend had and <laughs> uh, on one side there was uh like a, a racetrack it was if i remember it was it wasn't scaler trick it was tcr i think tcr i don't know if you had that in the states um, no,
3: ours so, were mostly uh, Tyco was
4: the company. Okay. Yeah, so you had this sort of racetrack on one side. And it was a fairly large setup. Um, and then on the other side was just Star Wars. And uh, the, the one toy that I remember playing with, I never had this myself, but the one toy that my friend had that I just loved was the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And every time I go around there, I just immediately just pick up the Millennium Falcon uh, put Han and Chewbacca in there and, and just, you know, act out uh, as much as I could from my imagination and then obviously from watching the films eventually. Um, so yes, that that got me hooked onto Star Wars. And my my route to school at the time, this isn't, you know, this isn't the time when you used to walk to school rather than getting a, a lift in the car, mm-hmm. but uh, it was about a three-mile walk every every day, but it would pass through uh, a local shopping centre. It was only a small one. But it had the most amazing uh, toy store. Um, it was it was probably the largest shop in the in this uh, shopping <laughs> precinct. And I'd walk past that every morning, and then on on the way back home from school, walk past it again. And of course, it was open at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. And you look in the windows, and it just had you know all these amazing toys in there. And as you go through the door on the left hand side, I remember this so vividly. On the left hand side, it's just like those photos you see today the whole wall was full of uh, Star Wars cards, carded figures. Oh, it, I and that. I would just walk in there, <laughs> I'd walk in there and, and just look at all of these figures. And if I had enough pocket money on me, I'd pick one up. Uh, and I, I can't remember the first figures that I actually bought. I think Chewbacca was definitely in there. Um, and R2 as well. I had a thing for... The sort of droids and the smaller characters in in various different lines um so i'm pretty sure i picked up r2 and, and chewbacca but yeah this whole this whole wall was just full of uh boxed vehicles cards and i remember sort of you know just spinning through all of those um so yeah definitely star wars and um and the space lego were the, the were the two that i remember playing with at the time
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Wow, those are those are yeah. I can recall going into shops and seeing uh, rows of Star Wars. In fact, there was like uh, this toy store here called KB Toys, and they went out of business in the late nineties, I believe. And they started to empty out their warehouses on clearance. And a friend of mine, she worked there. And she told me that they had found all of these Star Wars figures from a, a particularly the final seventeen that they just had dug out of some corner somewhere in a warehouse and were selling for a dollar a pack, a dollar Whoa. a pop. Whoa. And I didn't make my I didn't make it there in time, but I kept thinking a dollar. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Are yeah. they were just looking to get rid of them? And I, I regret it now. I, this must have been 1998, 1999, I believe, maybe 2000, some somewhere in there. And just, oh, boy. I, and so sh- she told me that there was a whole row, a whole aisle of nothing but Star Wars figures.
4: And, oh, wow. Yeah, much in, I mean, wow. Wouldn't it be great to go? You know, have your time, Doctor Who time machine, and just go back. Yeah.
3: Oh, oh! If that were the case, I'd go back. Yeah, absolutely. I think about that all the time. I think about that all the time, going back and uh, just trying to get those. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me switch it up to uh, before I get to Luke Thomas. What uh, what toy lines, sci-fi toy lines, were you into?
1: Uh, honestly, pretty much similar here. Uh, a lot of Legos start with, and then Friend had uh, kind of the same type of deal. Friend had a lot more of, like, the Star Wars. Actually had the uh, AT-AT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had that one, the nice big tall one. Yeah, that one was nice.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we sort of stumbled into that in the Millennium Falcon at a Goodwill when I was a child. That and about 30 figures that were on sale for $5. And of course, this was back when, uh, I, I don't know about the UK, but in the US now, when I was a child in the 90s, eight, late 80s, 90s, finding Star Wars toys at a, a car sale or a, a flea market, you could get them very cheap. Now, when I was at a flea market during the summer and I found uh the Max Rebo band. Wow. And the oh, person yeah. knew what he and it was in the box. And the Ooh. person knew what he had though, so he was charging me uh $300 for it. I don't even know if it's worth that much, but uh they, it's not like back in the day when I could haggle someone <laughs> down to a couple dollars. Now they know what they have.
1: Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes you get lucky, but
4: those
3: are real. Right. Well, yeah. and and a lot of the sellers are my age, so they know exactly what they have.
4: Um, yeah. I mean, we have car boots here uh, in the UK, um, which I guess are similar to your flea markets. Basically, right. um, You know, people gather from the local community in their cars and then literally, you know, open up and enter their the the car uh, with all of the stuff they want to get rid of. Right. And uh, it's just. I find it's not just you know Star Wars, but any vintage stuff now is so hard to find, even at those yeah. car boots. Um, right. I think the time I think the time has gone for really kind of you know it's not it's not impossible, but you know finding out in the wild a, a great bargain for a vintage toy, it's just so rare now here in the UK. Yeah. It really is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, it, it, the best way to get lucky here is go to a garage sale. Yeah. Especially. Uh,
1: Garage sales are your best bet anymore. Yeah,
3: especially. I don't know if you have those in the UK where people Not just... Not
2: really.
1: All right. Uh,
3: you have to find a garage sale, particularly of an older woman who's just trying to clean house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, a friend of mine who, much like you, Luke, is very much a, a Boba Fett collector. Yeah. Found the original 12-inch Fett. Oh, wow. Uh, all accessories. All accessories pristine condition this woman sold it to him for three dollars
2: oh wow. dear man <laughs> and she because she something didn't know, you think about you dream about
3: she had no idea what she had she yeah. was just trying to get rid of it and he walked up and said how much she said three dollars sold
0: yeah and he just absolutely. asked her
3: do you have anything else that that and there was a stormtrooper for another three dollars so uh that's that's your best bet find an estate sale
4: or a garage sale with someone who really doesn't know what they have having said that my i think my luckiest find uh was at a it's not it wasn't a toy fair it was more of an antiques fair so most of the stalls were selling old watches and rings and and stuff Mm -hmm. really that uh you know most people wouldn't actually buy but there was one guy who had uh, some toys, and in amongst the toys, there were some Star Wars figures, vintage figures, which is fantastic. I started looking through them. Most of them were beat up, you mm-hmm. know, the, the usual fare. But in amongst that lot was the uh, Luke Stormtrooper, uh, last 17. Oh, he there wasn't. He didn't have the weapon, but he had the helmet, and it was a little bit uh, yellowed, as these old toys tend to do, mm-hmm. especially the white ones. They tend to yellow over time. <clears throat> But the Luke Stormtrooper was there. I picked it up for a, a, one English pound. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That that is my luckiest find ever. <laughs> Especially with the helmet. Absolutely.
3: Especially uh, with the helmet.
1: Ah uh, man, the luckiest find I ever found, and I wish I had picked it up. I did not know what it was at the time. Was I found a Magic the Gathering black lotus at a garage sale.
3: And you just happen to uh, and sickies. If you don't know what that is, uh, Magic the Gathering, the card game. Black Lotus is the most expensive card.
1: Uh, I think it's like forty thousand dollars right now. Yeah. What? Uh, wow. Oh yes. Wow. It's It's wow. not even that. Honestly,
3: it's not even that good of a card. It's good, but it's not that. Good. <laughs>
1: it, it, it's only value really is because it's from the original Alpha set. But yeah, I saw one of yeah. those. And if I had only known what it was at the time,
3: yeah, and that's what oh. it takes, I guess. So, uh, but bringing it back since we didn't get to Luke yet, uh, what what lines did you collect as a kid?
2: Yeah, well, again, very much, very much like Dave and, uh, and yourself, Mark. My very first line that I consciously remember was Star Wars. Um, it was uh, the Return of the Jedi was the first movie that I saw uh, around. I think I think it seemed to take a long time to get to VHS. Um, I think it was around 85, 86, maybe. Um, so I'd have been sort of six years old at the time. So at that point, Star Wars, even though they were sort of on the way out, 85, you know, the last 17 were done and, and the line was um, on the way out, they hung around for ages in, in the UK. They were they were in every shop you could think of, not just toy stores. They were sort of everywhere in supermarkets at the end of the checkout aisle. They just seemed to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. So Star Wars mm-hmm. toys were, were what I was playing with Um that was certainly the first line, and then from there, I mean, that was a, a big thing to us. But from there, um, it tended to evolve into uh, the cartoons that we watched. So obviously, myself and my brother, Saturday morning cartoons were a huge, huge thing to us. Um, oh, sure. So Star Wars was obviously a massive toy line, and we, we, you know, we had a lot of it. But when we sort of started to move on, we would we would move on to generally what what cartoons we were watching, and Saturday morning cartoons to us was things like Mask was things like Transformers, was mm. things like Centurions. Um, I remember watching things like Ulysses. Now, we never had any any toys from that line. I don't actually know if they did any toys. Uh, but we were massively influenced as kids by what we were watching. Um, so Star Wars hung around for a long time. It was always there, even though that was more influenced by the movies. Um, it was always, always and ever-present. But we did then jump into, we, we got a lot of masks as kids. We got a lot of G1 Transformers. Um we got Thundercats, they crept in at one point. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and then we had a, a little bit of centurions as well. Um and then I think by then we were sort of hitting, heading towards the 90s, and by the early 90s they were disappearing. Like I said, you know, I think parents had decided we were a bit too old and um they were starting to disappear, and we were we were probably getting into sports at that point. Me and my brother were heavily into mm-hmm. sports as kids. Um, so I think by sort of late 80s, early nineties, even though I still loved all the toys that we collected, I don't think I was consciously um, playing with them at that point. And I think that's when they started to drift away. Um, you know, I might go to grab something and it was it was gone. And I'm not sure I even I even sort of addressed it. I think I just accepted it. Um, and then as I got older, it, it was it was it was strange how it happened. But just this epiphany at one point of, you know, what I loved all that stuff. I'm I'm, I'm going to get it all back um and then thousands of pounds later here we are but um yeah so that's that's kind of how it went for me as a kid <laughs> yeah that's like
3: you know i heard your story on your uh, live stream with mike at retroblasting and that that was heartrending because my father saved all of my toys for the very fact that he enjoys watching me light up when i go through yeah. them
0: yeah,
2: oh. and was, so all yes. of those I still have. Yeah, it, it's a strange one, really, because and funnily enough, I actually do remember some of it going, and I and I, I remember thinking to myself, I, I know for a fact there were some neighbours. Um, my my mum had good friends, was made good friends with some of our neighbours, and their kids were younger than me, so they were sort of as they were growing up, and I was a a, a little bit older. They were. I remember my mum offering our toys to the neighbour kids. Um, and I often think back now and think, why did I not stop that, you know? Um, <laughs> and, and I suppose, like I say, at the time, we had no idea, especially Star Wars, what what these, these things were going to become. Um, and I don't mean necessarily value because, you know, I don't like very much like Dave. I don't collect for value. I'm not interested in, you know, what these toys may be worth in the future or or cetera. I don't in any way collect um, for financial gain. I collect because I love them. Um, mm-hmm. so I often think back and think why did I not stop that um, but yeah it's a strange one
3: yeah and that that's right you kind of eventually stop and you don't think I don't think any of us thought that we'd be going back to it or we'd have any kind of sentimental value no. attached to these uh, and, and so I can just look back and be grateful that my father had that and I, I believe he had the same situation because my grant his father did that to him his father just decided one day to go into the room and give throw out all of it it's just okay time for you to move on and so i guess he wanted to prevent that happening yeah yeah
4: yeah i I, I never even thought about it as i was sort of growing up through my teenage years it just seemed very natural to me that you know those toys would disappear and then you move on to you know new things and um my, my dad, my dad did keep some stuff. Um he was always very good at keeping things in boxes. He was very good at keeping boxes for some unknown reason, in like pristine <laughs> condition uh, up in the loft. Um, and there was one toy. It wasn't sci-fi, but there was well, was I don't know if you class it as a toy, actually, but I remember fondly playing with it with my dad. It was one of those Tamiya remote-controlled uh, cars
0: mm-hmm. um,
4: which you which you, you, know, you got it as a kit and you built it, and I built it with my dad. And then you go uh, outside and and race it, and it would go much faster than you would think. Uh, and it was very easy to crash and and damage, of course. And and I and when I started collecting again, one of the first things I wanted to uh, basically recover was that uh, Tamiya racing uh, remote control car. And I did. I spoke to my dad and I said, "Do you remember that car?" And he said, "Yeah, of course I do." very, very fond memories of that. And I thought, oh, he's he's probably kept that. He's probably got it pristine in the box. I said, you don't have it, do you? You don't have it up in the loft, do you, with some with that with the other stuff? And he said, no, I threw it away two years ago.
0: Oh, uh, no. I, no. I, my, my heart sank.
4: I couldn't believe it, um, but I, I, I did find one. I did find one and it's now proudly on display. Uh, but at at the time, I just never really thought about the fact that these toys were disappearing. In fact, I yeah. there was another scenario where I knew I was kind of growing out my toys. I, I loved Action Man when I was younger. Um, and i did I think I did get into the tail end of Action Man when they brought in the uh, the space uh, uh, figures, the space suits, um, mm-hmm. the rom, the, the Rom character as well, um which I thought were awesome. Um but I do, there was one day where, I, I'm not, I, I can't believe I'm even going to say this. <laughs> but there was one day where um, I was obviously becoming a bit of a rebellious teenager, I guess, where I I decided that my action man was going to have his last ever battle. And, <laughs> and, oh, I no. actually, <laughs> and I actually set him alight with a match. <laughs> and he, and he, this, was, this was wasn't in the house, by the way. This was outside. And I, I set him alight with a match. Um, and he just sort of... Yeah, he just started melting. Really, it didn't. It didn't go up in massive flames. So it was just a sort of slight, slight damage. And at that point, and it was at that point, I thought uh, I, I must be, you know, outgrowing these toys and, and moving on to new things. Uh, and I apologise to anyone out there who is an action man collector, or <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I, that was a different me then as a teenager. <laughs>
2: I'm yeah. a different man now.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I see the error of my ways.
3: <laughs> that that sort of reminds me in um a less negative way. I don't suppose anyone has seen the film The Boy Who Could Fly.
2: You know no, what? It rings a bell. It rings a bell. I may have seen it when I was younger. I think I might have, Matt, but I can't recall it properly. All
3: right. In the film, Fred Savage is uh. He dresses up as uh, in fatigues, and he has his GI Joe toys, and he plays with them, and he buries them in the garden with little headstones. <laughs> and uh, he, there's a scene in the film where he panics because it storms outside. And he realizes he's left his figures buried in the garden. So he runs outside in the thunderstorm and rips through the mud to save his character. I think he's screaming, Duke is in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, Oh, I could never have done that. I could never have, not for any length of time. I would never have left them in the ground. Uh, but I never buried my Star Wars figures. That would have been... No, I, I don't closest, remember doing
2: anything like that.
3: <laughs> I think the closest I ever got would be filling the bathtub for a Ninja Turtle sewer fight. Nice. But they never stayed in the battle. They never stayed in the tub. So. <laughs> 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 because I had some of the, the floating vehicles. I don't recall the names, but they actually did float. So I, of course, had to. They had to have a sewer to battle in. No.
2: yeah i can i can no i can totally relate to that i'll i'll, I'll be honest i'm quite happy to say this um as a 42 year old guy um i fairly regularly hold um hoth, hoth battles in in the bath because i put the suds in there we get, we get all the all the bubbles and i get some of my empire figures um and i imitate battles on hoth and i blow the bubbles and that is an explosion of snow um, i i quite i quite often do that and um, Rachel walked in of the other day into the bathroom and everything just stopped. She just stopped, stopped dead, looked at me, and I looked back at her I was like, look, come on, this isn't the worst thing you've caught me doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I emissate Hoth Battles as, you know, as an adult, so yeah, totally get that.
3: <laughs> Last year we had a, quite a bit of snow, and I went in, I, I only have a few of my, most of my Star Wars toys are still in my father's and I had a few Hoth figures. So I took them in the back and my wife looked at me and said, what are you doing? And yeah. I, I, I put them in the snow and I took a few photos, came back in and she just looked at me and shook her head and I said, well, at least I didn't lose them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> in fact, again, again, Mark, you know, you've said that. I think it was only maybe a, a couple of months ago we had some snow here in the UK. Um, and in our backyard, we have, um, I call it a shed. It, it's a very low level um, sort, of, uh, sort of shed where we just put the bikes in it and things like that. And it's not its not very high. It maybe comes up to sort of neck height. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel had got up, and our kitchen, the way it leads, the back window of the kitchen looks straight out over the shed. Um, and she came outside and sort of said to me, what, what are you doing? And I'd got up first, and I was on the top of the shed with... Um, hoth luke and only um and ben kenobi and i was recreating um when luke has just escaped from the the wampa the wampa cave and he's sort of slumped in the snow and then he sees bet and i was recreating that and filming (laughs) and filming it (laughs)
0: um
2: and again rachel just looks at me it's like what what are you doing um and as much as she does support me sometimes i think she does look at me and just think what have i got myself into but
3: (laughs) yeah I, i Uh, my wife just looks at me and says, what am I going to do with you? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. It usually involves a big eye roll. And then I think she just, she just turns around and walks away most of the time. (laughs)
3: Well, you know, the old saying is behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
2: absolutely.
3: (laughs) So, uh, continuing with this childhood, which, uh, the next question is, which lines would you have liked to have gotten into? you? You saw them, you were interested, but you didn't uh, either for whatever reason. Mostly because your parents wouldn't buy it for you, or they they told you you have enough, or what have you. The the two, if we're speaking about just toy lines in general, for me it would have been um, it would have been GI Joe, but for yeah. sci-fi toys, it would have been oh boy a cross between Transformers and dino riders i don't know if you guys ever heard of that
2: dino yeah, I, yeah i know very little about dino riders but i do know of them but i have no real knowledge about them
4: dave any any idea dino riders uh i have i have one dino rider and i can't pronounce the name of it i'm afraid um but it's uh i, I love that line i never had it as a child um <clears throat> they are they are the most fragile toys ever. Um, oh
3: absolutely
4: yeah <laughs> but they are they are fantastic the 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 dinosaurs the the sculpt on those dinosaurs is superb absolutely mm. superb um a fantastic toy line i mean dinosaurs and uh you know battles and lasers and what have you what a combination i mean you can't really go wrong can you with that
3: no i I'd, I'd gotten into it there was another toy store here, Lionel Kitty City. And on my birthday, my father took me there. And that's when he said, Well, have at it. He told me he let me pick things until he decided I'd spent enough. Wow. And uh I picked up the VHS, which I still have, of the Dino Riders pilot episode. Oh very. And nice. then while I was at it, I got the Triceratops of the bad guys, Lord Krulos, I believe his name was, and then the pterodactyl of the good guys. And the bad bad guys always came with traps because the dinosaurs were controlled by what they called brain boxes, which were really just helmets on the dinosaur that made them docile. And the good guys would make traps to knock the helmet off so the dinosaurs wouldn't turn on their masters and each of the neg each of the so each of the bad guys came with a trap for that and uh i remember playing with that triceratops so much and as you said dave it was horrendously fragile so many moving parts so many parts to lose i would never want to collect that line today simply because <laughs> of the amount of parts that no doubt are missing from so many
4: yeah it's not it's not that well known (laughs) i would say it's you know it's one of the secondary lines i would say that people collect uh uh, today um but there are there are obviously people out there who are very much into that line you do see them at the toy fairs in the uk Um, they're not that cheap to acquire and as you say trying to find one that's complete is near enough impossible it really is uh but it's an awesome line it really is
3: yeah. So those are two lines I would have really wanted to have gotten into, but due to resources, the parents decided you have enough. So yeah. pick a line and stick with it was essentially the what they fed me. So what about you, Luke? What line did you see and think, wow, I really wish I had gotten into that?
2: Well that's that's a strange one, I guess, for me, because this is this is actually gonna sound like I was I was really spoiled, which which I wasn't, but Pretty much every toy line that I wanted, uh, I seem to get. Now that seems really, that seems really sort of spoiled, doesn't it? But I remember there there was two lines. One that I remember being very interested in, but just kind of never. I don't think I nagged enough to get it. But I just remember seeing them, thinking they look amazing. Which was a toy line called Zoids, um, because I remember seeing a commercial on TV of. they they were almost like motorised, what we call Meccano. They kind of looked like Meccano. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but um, kind of similar to Lego, but they were motorised, and they did a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and say you would. I do not remember if it was like a wind-up or if it was just an on switch. And then it would walk, and it would. It's, I think it would. Its mouth would open, it would light up, and I just remember thinking they looked amazing. Um, but we never, we never got. And I don't know if that's because we just didn't push hard enough for it. But um, a second toy line that we kind of did have figures for um was centurions. Now centurions is something that I'm i I'm now trying to sort of acquire a little bit of at the moment. I don't want to get too far into it because there's there's too many too many outfits. But the problem we came across as kids was each centurion, so you've got the three main guys, which I believe if I remember rightly was Jake Rockwell, Ace McLeod and Max Ray. Mm-hmm. And you would get the figure and they were big sort of six inch, maybe even a little bit larger than six inch figures, but you would get what we you would call an outfit with them. So I don't know if you guys remember the cartoon, but they would pick, pick an outfit, yeah, for whatever situation they were in at the time. And they would get beamed down and they would attach to their arms, their legs, whatever the outfit was. Mm-hmm. The problem with that was obviously each figure came with an outfit. But then after that, you were nagging your parents or I was nagging my parents to buy me the other outfits you know so for example um i think jake rockwell came with um i think it was fire force i think the 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 outfit he came with was called fire force um but i always wanted wild weasel which was almost like it was like almost like turning into a human motorcycle (laughs) Uh, but of course you had to buy another pack and every different pack had a different outfit but you didn't get another figure Mm. so my parents just would not spend more money when it didn't include an actual action figure they they were just look i'm not buying attachments i'm not but you've already got an outfit for him i'm not just now buying separate outfits Mm -hmm. so even though we did have centurions we only ever had the basic figure with the outfit he came with we were never allowed to buy further attachments so even though we did have it it kind of felt like we lost out on it a lot um so that would be my two lines that zoids i never had any but again i don't know if that was just because i didn't push hard enough and then centurions we did have some but we only ever had the basic figures with the outfit it came with we never got anything else which um always upset me to this day
3: (laughs) (laughs) you know i remember zoids i just googled it and
2: i had one zoid
3: i had the t-rex
2: yeah, the T-Rex was the one, oh, that was what you wanted, yeah. I think there was yeah. a, a big spider as well, maybe. And, um, yes, there was, yeah. I'm looking right at now.
3: And yeah. Zoids, I had that because I went through a big dinosaur phase, and uh, my parents bought me that, and I'm sure I lost all of the pieces. At that, since I was only four at the time, or five, I'm sure I lost all of the pieces
2: within a week. Yeah, because I think you had to build those, didn't you? Is that right? You had you to did. build it. You did. Yeah, you yeah. Did.
3: And since I wasn't as mechanically inclined as my brother, uh, I'm sure I lost interest, and he <laughs> probably ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, Zoids, that is an interesting toy line. So, what about you, Thomas? What toy line did you see as a sci-fi toy line in particular? Did you see as a kid and think, oh, I really wish I'd
0: had that? Honestly, Star Wars. I
1: Oh, really didn't mm. get get into i guess toys as much like pe- christmas would come around or whatever i just get what i got you know mm-hmm. never really nagged for anything or said i really need this i just took what i got but i always did want star wars
2: okay a much more reasonable child than me <clears throat>
0: <laughs> much more
2: reasonable we used to get the catalog and circle things before christmas <laughs> oh yeah oh no absolutely just leave it open on that page on the
3: kitchen table <laughs> yeah no i i i did that with mask one year i found a catalog yeah. and i just circled I, I i might as well have just circled the entire page honestly I, I had so many circles my mom said why didn't you just take the whole page <laughs> yeah
2: yeah yeah, just so, a big red ring around the whole page would have been. Right. Yeah, would have been good.
3: Uh, I might as well have just said this. These two pages here, yeah, those. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> all right, all right, Dave. What? Uh, what? How about you? Lines you didn't get into but would have liked to.
4: Oh, there are two lines I would love to have got into as a child. The first is Micronauts um, Oh yeah the interchangeable world of Micronauts. And I think it goes back to that thing where I just loved uh, building stuff and the mechanics of how things work. Um, mm-hmm. So the great thing about Micronauts, which was, you know, had a had a load of uh, figures. I mean, so basically Micronauts was based on uh, a Japanese line. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was Microman. And uh, a lot of those Japanese toys have well, let's, let's put it this way. There was a lot of imagination put into the, the design of those Japanese toys. So mm-hmm. there was a whole host of uh, figures, um, vehicles, and playsets that really weren't like anything else out there, to be honest. Um, and it was a huge line as well. There was a vast number of different items you could choose. And I think that might be the reason why I never actually had any as a child, because my parents probably thought, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole that's that's yeah there's enough already <laughs> um, and I, I just love it i love the, the i just love the design of those figures um and the vehicles and of course you can take everything apart it's it is literally like lego you can take it all apart and then you can use your imagination to build whatever it is that you like um i do now have in my collection uh, a number of micronauts figures and and vehicles but none of the playsets. The playsets are huge. If you if you look at a Micronauts, um advert from back in the day, or or a leaflet or, or whatever it might be, um, and you look at their playsets, they they are literally like cities. I mean, they are huge, um, uh, but they are. I think they're awesome, um, and it's it's the toy line that I've got into now, and I, and it's actually really a, sort of got me into um, quite a number of the sort of Japanese uh, toys as well. Um, the other line uh i i would have loved as a child and i don't know if i even knew that there were toys for this film and that uh, that i that i just adored at the time um i was not only was i into toys at the time i was also heavily into um uh, games computer games mm-hmm. um and uh, not on a console but on a on a, a home computer so i had a I had a Commodore 64 at the time mm-hmm. um so I love playing games, but I also loved to program, computer program. And I learned how to program computers at a very young age. Um, but there was, but because of that, there was one film that I absolutely adored. And that was Tron. Oh, and Tron had toys. Tron had yeah. toys. And I, I will, at the time, I remember thinking I would love to have some Tron toys. But I, I don't, I don't know if they ever were released in the UK. Um, but yes, they, there are Tron toys um, that were released in the 80s, I think, early 80s, uh, by a company called Tomy, um, so Tomytron. Tron. There are four figures, and they're, they're kind of translucent, translucent. so they, they sort of copied the effect of the film. Um, sort of red, There's a sort of red translucent one, uh, there's, there's Tron, and there's four figures there, and then there are um, two light cycles. A yellow oh. light cycle and a red light cycle and that's as far as the line went four figures and two light cycles <laughs> um i i really i really wish they'd uh, built uh one of the tanks as a vehicle and also um a recognizer you know the the, the things that floated through uh through the uh the air yeah. and track them down um when made an, an awesome sound effect as well as they were doing that Uh, They never made those as toys back in the day, but I do believe there are now, you know, modern equivalents of those. So, yeah, Tron, Tron, I would have loved to have had as a child. I just adored that film. Um, I'm not sure I fully understood it as a child, but I knew it had, I knew it was to do programs and stuff like that. Um, And I still adore it now. And I, I have actually managed to add that collection into the into uh into the room here. So yeah, I, I just love that. Oh
3: it. good, yeah, it was Tommy. In fact, I'm looking at it now. They had Tron, Stark, Flynn, and the Warrior.
4: That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they had um uh, uh uh accessories that glowed in the dark as well.
3: Right. Well, of course you have to. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, I had no idea that they had. I've never seen these before, but it doesn't look like they took off very much.
4: No, I don't think so. I was to say, they, they only they only released those four figures and two and two light cycles. Um, uh, I, I'm not sure, because I, I don't, at the time, I'm not sure the film was necessarily all that successful. Um, I think it's become more of a cult film now, to be honest, rather yeah, than yeah. a success in the day.
3: Kinda, it kind of reminds me, the way they are in their excess, and their uh, limited amount, kind of reminds me of the old toy line Captain Power. I don't know if
4: you've ever come across those. I I do I, I know the name but I'm not sure I'm familiar with uh, the with the toys.
2: It yeah, was not a, something I'm familiar with either. Yeah, it
4: was a
3: TV show here <clears throat> that one of the first CGI shows and if you bought the VHS tapes and watched it, the toys would interact with the show. So if you had the uh, one of the attack fighters and a laser hit it, it would blow up. Uh, I never had any of those, though. It, the line didn't do too well, actually. The show was a bit... I think it for the rudimentary CGI of the day, it I think it didn't land very well. Plus, the time slot wasn't very good. It was, it was on when we were still in school.
0: Oh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> it, st-
3: it started right as we were getting out of school, so uh, I guess it was doomed to fail. Uh, I'd like to add one amendment to toy lines I would have liked to have gotten into when I was getting into middle school. I met a guy who was collecting the new alien versus predator figures. They were brand new and he had (laughs) boxes of them boxes with original backing, this and that. I tried to get into that, but with the little pocket money I had, I could never get many than many more than a handful. So would have liked to have gotten into that. Yeah,
4: they sound cool. Yeah, yeah. The the Ken, <laughs> There are some toys that are released where where you think, how did they get released, or what were they thinking? And A- Alien is one of those one of those toys. Kenner in seventy nine was it seventy nine when the original Alien film was released? Yeah. Um, Kenner released like an eighteen inch tall Alien figure. Oh. Um. And it basically scared scared the kids. Basically, um, it had yeah. this sort of glow in the dark um, dome on its head as well, and it, yeah. it's realistic looking, eighteen inches high. And in the end, it was pulled off the shelves. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it falls into the same category as um, the Rambo figures, wasn't it? Because I mean, I I watched the Rambo movie far 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 younger than what what I should have been. Um, but then the Rambo figures were released, and of course if they were aimed at kids, which you have to assume at that point they were, what kid would have... I mean, I I had watched it, but I shouldn't have, but most kids wouldn't have seen Rambo. So... Is going to fly out and buy Rambo figures, or parents buy them Rambo figures that are related to a film that's an eighteen? Um, <laughs> pro- pro- probably not, but I do remember seeing them and um, seeing the film when I clearly shouldn't have. I- I'm not quite sure who really... Was it? I want to say Coleco. I-, I may have that it's wrong. It's Coleco, yeah. Oh, was yeah. it? Okay. Um, but yeah, I remember thinking they were cool figures, but we were never allowed any.
4: A, a lot of the a, lo- a lot of the toy lines. Uh, ended up being based on the cartoon of which was loosely based on the film. So there yes. was a Rambo, yeah. a Rambo cartoon. Was it Force um, and the *RoboCop*. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. *RoboCop* was the same thing. The toy line was based more off the cartoon. Right.
4: Yep. Uh, Police Academy. <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> Police Academy have action figures. Yes. Yes. Really? Wow, from I didn't know, know that.
3: Ah. Right. Of course. Yeah. I remember they had a mail away for Captain Harris that would, if you squeeze the legs, he would knock his hat off. It was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: It was Uh, not. a.
3: don't think it was really a toy line that was destined for
1: greatness. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you really wonder who in the
2: boardroom approved some of these.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They were very popular
3: films, okay? (laughs) They
2: they were. When I was a kid, Police Academy movies were um, fantastic to watch, yeah. Again, probably shouldn't have been watching them, but they were great.
1: Yeah. I'm not saying I didn't like the movies or they were good movies. I just don't know who said, that's a good toy. Yeah, let's make toy lines out of that. Probably,
2: Probably the same person that said, let's make toy lines out of Love Boat or something. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> True.
3: True. Mistakes were made. <laughs> so, um, moving up to today, gentlemen. Now, this is where Thomas and I are going to kind of sit back a little bit. Uh, what kind of toy lines are you collecting now? Yeah, let's just keep it simple. What what lines are you really focusing on now? We'll start with Luke.
2: Uh, well, again, I mean, I'm still, I'm always, always, my main focus, and I'll, I'll I'll, say this to anybody, my main focus will always be Vintage Star Wars. The reason why Vintage Star Wars has now kind of taken a backseat currently um, is purely because of cost, is the first one. I mean, the, the, the price just seems to be going through the roof at the moment. Anything that has the word Star Wars on it, you know, it just seems to be um, sort of skyrocketing. Um, And, of course, when it comes to the figures, I'm now into the last 17. Um, Yeah, fantastic decision to leave them till last. Um, I'm really happy I did that. Um, So, yeah, so, of course, the figures, I'm now into the last 17, which they're very expensive. So if I get any disposable income or a, a significant amount of disposable income, the thought process at the moment is I can buy one, maybe two last 17 figures, or I can buy five or six mask vehicles um and that's kind of where it goes so star wars is still my primary line without a doubt um followed by mask at the moment i'm loving mask because it's readily available um and far far cheaper you know obviously if you start picking them up with boxes instructions etc they do obviously go up in price but still nothing like um vintage star wars vehicles with boxes um, and they're, they're easy to pick up, so um, Mask is a massive, massive thing for me at the moment. I'm really enjoying picking up Mask. Um, Motu has crept in, um, I'm collecting uh, Master of the Universe Origins now, um, I, I sort of dipped my time with those when um, Hasbro released them, uh, sorry not Hasbro, it's Mattel isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Mattel released them with the vintage heads because they did the new head sculpts didn't they on He-Man and Skeletor. Yes. Um and as as I did like them, but the minute I looked at them, it needs to hit me with that nostalgia. And because I saw new heads, it didn't do that. But then of course when they redid them with the vintage head sculpts, I picked up E Manoskeleton and the minute I got them in hand, um I thought these are great. Straight away the packaging spoke to me, you know, is exactly again, exactly what I saw on the shelf as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started picking them up. So I'm really, really enjoying picking up um, Motor Origins at the moment, and they're fantastically well priced for a, a current line. Um, I think they're really well priced, um, sort of around the 17 pounds mark for a brand new carded figure. I actually think that is that is a good a good price for a six inch figure. Um, and Transformers, I'm back into picking up Transformers again. Uh, that's mainly through Tez um, and Jody. So Tez at Rollers Reviews and Jody at Gen X Toys Geek. I've got me back into transformers as well. Now, most of my transformers are the reissues. uh, So they are G1 transformers as such. They look identical to the the original G1s, uh, but they were sort of made in the 2000s. Um, Mm. But again, that's not because I prefer them. You know, I prefer the original G1s, but you can pick up the reissues in the box, brand new. For a good price So um, I've got a few original G1s But I do pick up a lot of the reissues Because you can get them for good prices And they're brand new in their box And they look amazing So um, yeah They're the three main Or should I say four main focuses at the moment I generally stick to them I try not to go outside it Because um, if I get into a fifth line and a sixth line It just, you know I kind of just feel it gets out of control So uh, yeah Star Wars is always going to be my primary collecting line um but at the moment it's just on the back burner because it's just so difficult again to get things at the right price even on ebay there's always somebody with deeper pockets um so yeah you may mostly see mask um and transformers and, and he-man on the channel at the moment but they are the four lines that i generally try to stick to
3: yeah and speaking of mask you recently had a really good donation yes the rhino which blew me away that it was in not only the condition it was in, but it had, I would say, ninety nine percent of the parts still
2: functioning. Yes, and, piece and the chrome was pristine. Absolutely, yeah. One piece missing, which is the uh, what would be the trailer attachment on the back on the back section. There's a little chrome attachment where the trailer would fix into. Um, that is missing, but yeah, I mean, I'll be able to pick that up, I'm sure. But yeah, the condition of the actual vehicle itself, and I can only put that down to the fact that obviously it's been kept in the box. And it's still got its its inner. It's like a big polystyrene um, inner where it sits in and it gets covered up. But the vehicle itself is is immaculate, really, barring that one piece.
3: Yeah, that and and you also had the manta in the box, so that was a nice find. That was a donation as well, wasn't it? From Man- the yes,
2: Chile find. Sorry, manta. Yeah, manta well, didn't come in the box. It is brand new, um, but I didn't get the box with it. I got the oh, the all right. I got the instructions and everything. Um, and the decals weren't even on. It is brand new, but I didn't get the box with it. Okay. Yeah, but that, that was a donation was from, from that, Dean um, at All Things 80s.
3: Right, but and that was from the, uh, the, what was it, in Chile they found all those uh,
2: mantas yes. in the box? Yes, yeah, yeah, in Chile. Yeah, the Chile find, the warehouse find, that's right, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Always looking to see if that'll happen here. Since uh, we're here in Ohio and that Kenner was based in Cincinnati, I'm always... Whenever we're down in Cincinnati, I always think, Sh- can we go fishing through old warehouses <laughs> yeah. that Kenner may have
0: used? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a little through. bit yeah so a little bit like in the uk i think everyone every so often we hear people start talking around can we go start digging around sort of coalfield and um (laughs) you know where where the palatoy factory was apparently there's a there's a landfill there and they buried loads of star wars toys can we just go start digging places up yeah i think uh, (laughs) that that raises its head every so often over here as well the bob the bob brechin codex (laughs) Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the hidden cachet of Bob Brehan.
1: <laughs> yeah, as long as no one in America wants to go find that ET video game, though. Oh, no. When <laughs> they found all those games in the desert. Oh. Yeah, that was a find that was like, uh... <laughs> should we be happy about this? <laughs>
3: uh, we buried that for a reason. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I always thought I beat that game and then I found out years later I hadn't. <laughs> you didn't
1: even come close.
3: I, it turns out I had just died, but I think at that point I was just so happy that something happened in the game that I called it a win. <laughs> okay, Dave, so what lines are you into? What lines are you into or, or would like to even get into?
4: Well, let's see. Uh, I'm looking around the room. I have... Um, I guess I'm not very good at focusing. Um, <laughs> I have I have uh, collections from all sorts of lines. I do like to focus on '80s properties, so I do have uh, collections of Rambo, as we spoke about earlier, mm-hmm. um, A Team, uh, Karate Kid, you know, all those '80s properties, mostly had a, a toy line associated with them. So yeah, I, I like to kind of keep it fresh, if you like, and just uh, mix it up a little bit, but. Having said that, there are two related lines, I guess, that I've really got into um, during the last part of last year, and that is Action Force and GI Joe. Mm. So uh, I, I do have um, a, a fairly good collection of Action Man. Um, I loved Action Man when I was a when I was a, a kid. Um, I also had I also played with Action Force when I was younger, but I never really. Never really thought about collecting it. it. It's funny, actually. Action Force. It's one of those lines where I remember going around the toy fairs, and there would always be carded Action Force figures <clears throat> available for for a very good price. And then in the last few years, um, the popularity of Action Force has has just rocketed. And I think that's partly down to <laughs> Analog Toys, Tony Analog Toys, on on mm-hmm. uh, uh, based on you know, all the videos that he's done going through Calibers. the line. And basically, bringing it to the attention of everybody. Um, <clears throat> and now, so uh, Valverse is making a new line. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, Val- 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 first has got the uh, the the rights and name, and and now now you know there's a whole six inch line which uh, he's just released, which lo- they look fantastic, actually, by the way. Um, yeah. And so uh, I I decided to uh, start with the series one of Action Force. So Action Force actually has a fairly lengthy sort of history to it, um, and it evolved over time. Originally, uh, Action Force was essentially uh, miniaturized versions of the most popular action man outfits. Mm. So there's about 18 or so figures in in series one, which are essentially, yeah, small action man um, outfits. So I started collecting those, I'm nearly there on that collection. And then Series Two is when they brought in all the teams. So you've got uh, the Z Force and the Q Force and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the enemy team, otherwise known as the Red Shadows, yep. where we have where we find the the wonderful Robo Skull that we were talking about earlier. So I'm 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 basically getting into Action Force, uh, but as time went by, Action Force sort of evolved more into GI Joe. The 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 two were closely linked. Um, and actually, I'm going to blame Luke for this one <laughs> because one of his one of his uh, finds uh, that uh, that he had during last year was a fairly substantial GI Joe um, uh, find. So quite a number of uh, figures in that. And I thought, you know what? I I don't know much about GI Joe. When I, I I didn't really get into GI Joe at all in the UK. I guess it was more of I guess it's you know more of a US thing. Um, but I, I do like to learn about new toy lines and the history and what have you. So I thought this is a good opportunity to get into GI Joe. So I picked up some really good figures from Luke at a at a very nice price. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. Mm. <laughs> yes. and, uh,
2: that's what so it's that, all about. Yeah,
4: yeah. And, and that's really kickstarted uh, my my sort of journey into GI Joe, and I'm 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 sort of adding to the collection and learning about the whole kind of history of GI Joe at the same time. And I've had some wonderful gifts as well. Um, one was from Scuba Pete uh, just before uh, Christmas time. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Scuba Pete. He's a prominent member of the community. Uh, he's recently joined the Chasing 80s Chasing toys. Chasing
3: 80s toys. Yes, yep, right.
4: I'm I'm subscribed. With, yeah, with Chris Muir and uh, Jeff Barker as well. And and Scuba generously uh, gifted uh, a G.I. Joe vehicle. it is the Dragonfly helicopter. Um, that's right and it's 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 amazing absolutely amazing so that that line gi joe is so extensive that obviously i could spend the next many years collecting that i'll probably just pick and choose my favorites and then i will turn my attention to something else (laughs) Uh, but it's all about space and managing the space to to keep all these things in um it's 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 really I, i would love to have uh you know, a whole basement which I could fill these things, fill the toys with. But uh, I, I have a limited one room which I have. Uh, my, the deal is with my partner. Um, I can I can collect whatever I like as long as it stays in this one room that pretty, I'm in right now. That's <laughs> pretty um, that's, much the deal. I've the deal. Got she's, as well,
2: Dave.
4: Yeah, she's very supportive. Very supportive. Um, uh, and and she buys me stuff too. She 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 supports me. Um, I don't think I would do half the things I'm doing without without her support. So. But it, it's all about trying to focus and trying to think about what it is that you want to uh, that you want to to collect. What do you get the most enjoyment from? And of course, uh, your enjoyment can change, your sort of taste can change uh, as you go through this collecting uh, world.
3: Sure, absolutely. That's very true you're more eclectic in fact i watched your karate kid uh video just recently because now i'm watching cobra kai since that new season is out and i thought oh well i'm going to watch that so uh and it reminded me of the theme song to the karate kid cartoon which uh i can only assume given some of the amazing theme songs of 80s and even 90s cartoons the lyricist must have been off that day (laughs) because i don't know if you've ever seen sickies or anyone else here the theme to karate kid but it's the it's a song so a composer obviously came to work that day but they didn't have the lyricist so they just thought well we'll just have someone shouting karate kid repeatedly in the background (laughs) and that's all it is it's just
4: do 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 Dude, Karate Kid! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think I don't think they put uh, too much money into that cartoon, to be honest. I mean, no. uh, when, when was Karate Kid released? I think it was uh, 80 f- 84, I think. I want say 84,
2: film. yeah.
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that cartoon, I believe, was 89. So that was five years later
0: than mm-hmm.
4: uh, the original film. Um, the toy line... Uh, well, that was short-lived as well. That was released in conjunction with uh, Karate Kid 2. Um, yeah. 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 So it's it's a it's a strange line. I I kind of like those quirky smaller lines that um, that people don't necessarily talk about all the time. You know, you uh, you hear about you know Star Wars and you hear about Motu and Transformers, all the big the big lines. Um, but I I like to give a little bit of love to the the secondary lines as well. I I like the quirkiness of them. Do you
3: find it's cheaper to do that too, as well? That it's—I mean, Karate Kid. I don't imagine there's a large demand for that line. Well, <laughs> well um,
4: apparently I'm I, wrong. <laughs> well, I think generally anything from the 80s now has a, a, a premium price. I mean, obviously there's variance across the lines, but anything from that from that decade now just seems to be in short supply, and there is a lot of demand for it. So even those Karate Kid figures, you know, they're they're fairly simple, right? They're just a, a figure with a you know a gi, a cloth gi, and and some accessories. Um, a lot of them are broken because uh, they mm-hmm. have these kind of uh, kick and uh, chop actions, and and they often break. But they can go for 40 to 50 to 60 pounds each. Um, uh, so it, it's it's crazy, really. Uh, right. Ram- Rambo figures uh, also crept up in price um there are there's a series one of rambo and there's also a series two which i think was released in the us i think but only for a very very short amount of time but Mm. was more prominently available in argentina trying to find those series two figures for rambo is really hard and very expensive
0: uh
4: uh, road to go down so yeah (laughs) you would think you think maybe uh you know less known uh perhaps a it would be a cheaper, cheaper route, but the problem is they made less of them. And um, so the, you know, the the supply isn't there.
3: Right. Well, uh, we're getting down to our last, second to last question here. Uh, holy grail items for you guys. Now, Luke, I know you got your holy grail item just recently, which the 12, the display platform for the original 12 uh, Star Wars figures. Uh, have you since replaced
2: it? Have you since chosen a new one? Holy uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's something that, again, was always was always in my mind. I mean, the original um, twelve stand, the Merleway stand, I picked up. I think it was over a year ago now. So I think it was sort of October, October, November time, twenty twenty. So, um, but I I'd, I've I'd, I'd been chasing that ever since I started collecting seriously again. Which was around twenty sort of eleven, twenty twelve time. Um and I knew of that then and I always wanted it and, and it took me until um yeah, twenty twenty to get that. Mm. I suppose the the new if there is a new um grail piece, which obviously the very personal, I would have to say the Palatoid Death Star. Um, mm. it's just Good so choice. difficult to get. Um, extremely difficult to get in good condition because it's it's mainly it's pretty much all cardboard, yeah. so it's it's often um, ripped and downtrodden, very dog-eared. So trying to get one in good condition with the the canopy on the top and the and the plastic cannons as well, um, very very difficult. I mean they, they're not necessarily in short supply. You know you can find a few of them. You go onto eBay or or wherever they are. You can find them, but often they want people want big money. And in my opinion, the money they want often doesn't reflect the condition. I understand, you know, if they're in great condition with everything there, people will want a big price for them. But because it is what it is, for me, if you want a big price ticket on it, it's got to be complete and in good condition. And a lot of the time they're not, and people still want massive money for them. So um, it is something that I hope one day I pick up, but I'm not going to push hard for it. Because mm-hmm. I just I think if if I try to just get one for the sake of having one, I think I'll at this point, I think I'll pay over the odds for one that I'm not happy with. so it's it's like anything, patience is key.
3: yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at um, and I don't imagine we'd have them here, but just looking at eBay here, I found one for two hundred and fifty dollars, but they're good enough to mention that it's a uh, in the title, they're good enough to mention that it's custom made, so
2: uh, okay, yeah
3: so you're not you're not getting shipped no yeah
2: yeah for a moment i thought i found it for a good amount oh wait never mind (laughs) wait a minute read read the description yeah (laughs) Yeah. so yeah so that would be mine i would say
3: okay cool cool what about uh thomas i know you're not as big into it but if you there were an a particular toy item that you saw that you would say, oh, I'm laying money down for that now, what would it be? Oh,
1: man. I, don't
3: know. I just hit you with that out of nowhere. You need a minute? <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. We like to hit me with that one out of nowhere. No, no, no that's fine. I can, I'll, I can scooch on over. In fact, I'll take your spot. Uh, mine would be the Switchblade. Oh, As a child, one. I had a good amount of mask toys. But I never had the switchblade, and there's a bit of a traumatic story. When I was a child, we went to uh, Mister Ed's shoes, and I would always buy mask shoes, <laughs> okay. and the shoes would always be mask. Excellent. And the the cover the, on the sh- the lid on the shoe box would have this gorgeous battle scene, and I remember once my brother telling me. Yeah, and Mr. Ed, who who it was a local shop, so yes, the the owner was, and we called him Mr. Ed. Uh, he said, "My brother told me." Mr. Ed said that if you cut out the vehicle you want from that lid and bring it in next time, he'll get you that. Oh, and that's I true. was so excited. I thought, oh, all right." So I cut out the switchblade and I kept it in my sock drawer diligently until it was time to buy shoes again. And when my mother said, all right, we're going to go shoe shopping. I raced upstairs. I grabbed that thing, that picture. I took it to Mr. Ed's and I said, Mr. Ed, my, here's my, here's the switchblade. This is what I want. And he looked at me and said, all right, well, uh, maybe you could ask your mother for your birthday or Santa for Christmas.
0: What? <laughs> but my my brother oh. said you
3: would get it for it and my brother thought it was the funniest thing in the world and i was hard i was so crestfallen because
2: traumatic
3: at that point i realized so i'm not getting a switchblade today
2: oh no! Oh, wow that oh no oh so i hope oh. brother got exactly what i deserved after that
3: <laughs> oh I can't recall. I think I was too broken up about it at the moment. <laughs> uh, between in thinking that that being my favorite vehicle and the fact that uh, that particular moment uh, that has been my holy grail item. That uh, if I ever find myself at a comic con with cash in hand, uh, I would pick it up. Yeah. Or if I'm ever at a, a flea market, car boot sale, whatever, I would just pick it up. Uh, yes, that's, that's my item. Yeah, so, that's a good uh, one.
2: That's a good one
3: yep so watching you get it luke was
2: like oh look yeah yeah well again (laughs) again it was something that i'd struggled um to obtain again for this very much like the the palatoid desktop not because they were hard to find but they were hard to find complete in good condition for what i felt was a a reasonable price so I'd, i'd done a lot of of sort of back and forth with people negotiating um, and never ever managed to manage to get one. but then, of course, um my sort of guardian angel at the other side of the <laughs> of the phone line here, um unbeknown to me, had obviously got one and and lovingly restored it and uh, and as you said earlier, Mark, you know what Dave is capable of uh when it comes to restorations and things like that um not only did he restore it he improved it you know improved the mechanisms made them stronger um and then yeah of course gifted it to me for my birthday so not only is switchblade again like yourself it's a big it's a big deal for me because i have fond memories of it uh, as a child but every time i look at it now obviously i see i see a vehicle that my friend has lovingly restored and sent to me as a gift which and um, yeah, it is a major, major sort of jewel in the crowd of my collection. So I'm very, I'm very lucky that way.
3: That's a nice sentimental value. What about you, Dave? What's a Holy Grail item
4: you would love to get your hands on? Oh, wow. Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, one that I was after was the uh, the RoboSkull, which I was very fortunate to find last year. Um, it was, that took a while to track down. But there are a couple of things that are on my, my list um the first actually uh relates to moonraker the the james bond film
0: really Uh,
4: yeah uh i i love i love the roger moore era of of james bond um i will always kind of if there's a quiet sunday afternoon i'll i'll put on one of those films um and, and moonraker as a child I just loved you know the whole thing i just loved you know the, the space shuttles everything it was just
0: mm-hmm.
4: such a sort of wonderful world uh and, <laughs> and for me to sort of get into um and and migo uh produced a, a Moonmaker line um wow. so there is a a james bond figure there is a jaws figure there's a drax mm-hmm. and there is holly now i have i've managed to find Um, uh, Bond and Jaws. Jaws, I was very fortunate to find. Jaws, I think, was only released in uh, a select number of countries, so Jaws is actually quite tough to find. But I was at the uh, NEC Toy Fair, that's probably the largest toy fair in the UK, Um, Mm -hmm. and I was wandering around, and I saw this figure on the shelf, and I wasn't exactly sure what it was, and it was beat up <laughs> it was it wasn't it wasn't in great condition and i looked at it and i thought i'm pretty sure that's that's jaws and i sort of walked away and i came back and i am denied and i thought you know what I, i'm gonna i'm gonna pick that up i'm not exactly sure what it is that i'm buying and it's a right mess but i'm gonna try and negotiate a good price which i i think i did and i and i i picked it up i brought it home and my it just so happened that um Camilla wasn't uh, particularly well at that time, so I went on my own to this toy fair. Mm-hmm. And I came back home, and my parents had had visited Camilla, so they were all there. And they said, "Oh, what did you buy?" And I pulled out this, <laughs> I pulled out this wreck of a figure, <laughs> um, and it was dirty, and it was it had limbs were like falling off all over the place. And I said, "I got this," and I, it, it's amazing, it's amazing. And they all looked at me and, as if I'd just gone completely mad, but. I restored it, and it's now, yeah, a, a, a lovely piece on, on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I have those two, but there is, uh, as I say, there was also Drax and Holly, and mm-hmm. I just can't, I just can't find them. I, I, they're out there, but the price is just a little bit too much for me to go, I can justify buying those. So I would they're just out of reach. I would love to get those two to complete that Meeko Moonraker range. Um, The other item that's a Holy Grail for me is readily available. And I could potentially pick one up, but I'm, I'm almost reluctant to do it because I don't want to ruin the magic. (laughs) almost. Um, And it 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 goes back to the Millennium Falcon, because I, I so clearly remember playing with it at my friends, as I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I would love to have that in the collection. Um, you know, Luke was very kind to uh, to give me the B wing recently, um, and I've got an X wing hanging off the ceiling. And I would love to add the Millennium Falcon to the room. Um, but I, I, that I would, if I was to get one, I would, I would like to get one in in great condition, and uh, maybe in the box as well. But mm-hmm. there's just part of me that says. I don't know if I want to if I, once I've got it in my hands it might just ruin that whole magic of 40 years or so, so.
2: It, it won't, Dave <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, It, it won't Oh <laughs> uh, So yeah, it's a holy grail that I would love to have but reluctantly
1: <laughs> Well I, now thinking about it, I've had a chance to think thank you Mark for springing this on me you got it <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it might sound weird, but there's two of them, one of which is stupid and I really should never get. And that is the like the I think it was the atomic energy lab. Uh,
3: was that you mean like one of those old science labs? Yes,
1: that is totally something I should never get. Because you <laughs> a radioactive element, sure. Let's get that fun large. and uranium for the whole
3: families.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? That's what that's going wrong. That good thing I it was discontinued, and I probably will never find it for good oh reason. Oh boy, I'm looking at this. Wow, yeah, that's uh, interesting. Performs other... over 150 exciting experiments. <laughs> Only, only 150 different ways of radiating yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, what's the other one? The other one's not as dangerous. It's Hot Wheels. Oh. Okay. It, which it's one? Fun. The Hot Wheels. The uh, the toy cars, cars, the mini- miniature oh, no. cars.
3: Yeah, I know the. Ho- I know what Hot Wheels are, but is there one in particular? There's a lot of different Hot Wheels. Well, yeah.
1: Not in particular, just the whole set. Because as a kid, I did play with them. And that was one that was given to me quite regularly. So I would have to actually go to my parents and look through the attic and find them. But I know there's still Hot Wheels up there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, I already have some. It's just like, it might be fun to actually start a full-on collection.
2: I think Hot Wheels are still are still sort of readily readily out there, and I think they're still pretty well priced as well. Hot Wheels. I, don't, I know we've got a lot of them in the UK, and I don't remember them ever really flying up in price. Um, and you can get sort of three packs and five packs. Yeah, I think Hot Wheels are still going quite strong. I think.
3: Yeah, it is. Uh, but uh, you know, a friend of mine collects uh, Matchbox and Hot Wheels, and he told me. Depending on the particular car, there is a large scalper market out there. Oh,
2: really? Okay.
3: That does drive up the price. Um, Depending upon the age, for example, uh, I think it was Matchbox made a 1980s Batmobile when the 89 movie came out. And that one is a particularly difficult one to find. Uh, But even with more newer cars, depending on the model, Ah, uh, yeah. There's a there's a scalper's market for that. He, he really, lamented, yeah, no. yeah. Well, i, I just, I'm
1: like, I have a, I do have a Batman one. Oh, I did. I wonder if that's the one. Now I, I have,
3: don't know. It was from the 1989 Michael Keaton film. See, now but I have to go look. Now you have to go look. But <laughs> my, a friend of mine, he does collect. Um, he's in the Legos and the Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars, and he regularly laments scalpers to me. Right. He, he laments how they drive up the price before he even has a chance to look for it. Uh, which,
4: yeah, that's yeah. That, yeah Hot, that. Hot wheels are amazing, right? You, not only can you still buy them today, they're, they're you know they're released now, but they they go back, right? So, so uh, to way back, right? To I don't know what when they were first released. Is it sixties? Maybe I don't, I don't know. Something like um, that. I don't know. Yeah. So there's a huge history. Um, for Hot Wheels, and I'd imagine like Pokemon cards, that some of those some of those vehicles are very desirable and and also have a high price associated with them.
1: Uh, Apparently, it goes all the way back to I just looked this up. 1968 was the first one. Okay, ones. so wow. yeah, wow, that's quite a long uh... history.
3: So, uh, so wrapping this up. Speaking of scalpers, uh, so uh, Luke, Dave. In case any of the sickies, you know, after listening to this, or maybe they've been thinking about getting into the uh, toy collection, uh, what uh, what kind of pitfalls should they, what, what kind of tips would you give them if they want to get into collecting? Well, real quick, just what tips have you learned? What pitfalls to avoid? What makes your life easier? That sort of thing. Let's you want to go, Dave? sorry
2: yeah.
4: sorry sorry Mark. uh yeah okay. Okay. i'll try and be i'll try and be brief on this so i would say uh collect what do you enjoy basically don't just go out there and collect everything um focus on what you get the most enjoyment from what maybe you've got a connection with um that, that will that will add an element to your to your collecting be patient um also do your research because th- there's so much out there um that uh, that you can get lost, basically. Uh, and it's worth doing your research just to know what it is you can get and the kind of rough pricing that you can that you can pay for it, because prices can be all over the place, and people will try it on as well. So maybe be a little bit patient um, at the beginning just to sort of get a a, a view of the the landscape um, And uh, also get yourself into a community um, of other collectors because, once you get into that community, you can learn so much from them. They they have the experience that you can obviously uh, use for yourself. Um, and also, it's much more enjoyable to get into a community of uh, like-minded people. Um, yeah, I think those are my kind of quick tips.
3: Yeah, and I would say if you're in a community, you tend to look out for each other, too, in terms of, oh, hey, I know you're looking for that. I happen to see one. Or
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it happens a lot. All right, Luke. Uh, yeah, very very much the same as, as what Dave has just said. Obviously, research is, is a massive thing just to, to try and sort of get yourself or get your knowledge to a level where you feel um, you can maybe do deals without having your sort of pants pulled down, so to speak. Um, but a, a big one for me also, and I've learned that and I'm still learning that, is budget now obviously you know this is meant to be a hobby it's meant to be a passion it's meant to be fun and it's meant to be enjoyable um the amount of times early early in in my sort of collecting um i got into bidding wars on ebay and and ended up paying more for something that i you know i wanted but i didn't want to pay but it's very easy to get into bidding wars because you you want the item so you end up paying more than what Um, than you maybe want to or or could afford. So I'm very strict on, I set myself a budget each month, this is what I've got for toy money and I'm not going to go over it because once you start getting yourself into potentially financial um, problems, which you you can do, um, I think it obviously then becomes stressful and and certainly not enjoyable. So, uh, yeah, plenty of research and stick to your budget because otherwise it becomes unenjoyable. Mm. Exactly. You know, you have to, you've got to think about the the budget. You've got to think about the space where you're going to
4: put all of this stuff. And you also have to think about the time that you want to put into it too. So the the main thing is to, is, is to enjoy it, right? The whole, the whole point of this is to connect with perhaps um, items that you've had in your past from your childhood and, Mm -hmm. and enjoy it. That's the primary purpose of this world. Um, But just yeah, you've just gotta you've gotta do that with, within constraints. Not all of us have
2: yeah.
4: all the money in the world or all the space right. in the world. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, you've it's, just touched upon sorry Dave. Yeah, I'm just okay, gonna no, say go ahead, Luke. I was just gonna say you've just touched upon one thing that I was gonna add is is when you get into a community and obviously we're talking about budgets, it is very easy to see other people and what other people are buying and you look at that and you go, Oh, I wish I could get that but you know that it's potentially unobtainable to you as cost wise. So it's very easy to sometimes get hung up on what other people can afford and you can and then try to get to those levels, try to start getting those those items. Um, yeah, just understand and, and realize your budget and stick to it because otherwise it, it becomes very stressful. Yeah,
4: and and don't let anyone tell you what you can collect. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. that's, an obvious. Yeah, that's let, a big one, is Collect what it, it is that you want to collect. Um, yeah, <laughs> and enjoy it.
3: Yeah, I've I've seen people do that online, try to tell you what you should be doing or how you should be doing it. It's like, yeah, hey, this is your collection. If you if
2: you don't yeah. want that, don't get it. Yeah, it's true. And that, I mean, I'm i certainly not going to get into this because we know we need, we you know, we're, we're, we're no need to wrap up. But that generally ends up being when you get into the repro arguments. You know, yeah. people dictating you 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 shouldn't be collecting Repro and you know, my attitude is again very much collect what you want to collect. And if putting a, a Repro lightsaber in Luke Bestman's hand makes you happy because it looks complete on the shelf, then then do that. And do you know, If that's what you want to do. Um I understand people that don't want well, to, that's absolutely fine, but you you no, you can't dictate what other people should be and shouldn't be collecting for me.
3: Yeah, I think I think the only thing we could all agree on is you shouldn't if you're selling you shouldn't be yeah. selling repro for vintage
2: price. Absolutely. That's, that's yeah. thievery. I think we can but all collectively agree on that. Yeah. That you is, should be yeah. upfront and say, Hey, what
3: I'm saying, this Leia Hoth, Leia blaster, that's a yeah. repro. Are you okay yeah. with that?
0: And if yeah, you're okay absolutely. with that, what's the problem? Yeah, yeah so absolutely.
4: Absolutely. And when, and when you're buying, I'm, it is a case of buyer beware. Um, as a buyer, you, you really do need to, you know, do your homework and this is where the community can help you as well. So if you are buying, a vintage Star Wars figure and you want to check does this look like it's authentic um, and vintage and, and not reproduction if that's you know if that's what you want the authentic one, then go and chat to your your friends in your community, get a second opinion. Um it really helps. Yeah.
3: Okay, great. So that's it for today, Sickies. Uh Luke, Dave, thanks for coming on and filling our heads with your experience and wisdom. <laughs>
2: no, uh, absolute so- pleasure.
4: Yeah, this has been Sickies. fun. Thanks thanks for inviting
3: yeah. us. Sickies, if you're interested in learning more from them, you can go check out their channels on YouTube. Uh, Dave's at Vintage Toy Rush, and Luke is at Reynolds Reviews. Just ch- just type those in the search, and you'll that'll be the first thing that should come up. You can always come back and ta- uh, send me a message to ask, too, and I'll be happy to tell you. And uh, let's see, Thomas. Anything else I got to add here, other than uh, check out? Oh yeah. By the way, new ZTF, new Zodiac Task Force dropped just yesterday, just in time for the new year. And if I can be honest, I think it's one of our best episodes yet. Uh, also, be looking out for the next episodes, of the new seasons of Case of the Chills, Case uh, Case Closed, and um, Cold Case Chase.
1: Uh, anything else I'm missing, Thomas? uh well i mean other than let me fill in for scott here beware of carol basket eh, uh, yeah there's that too <laughs> other, other than that i don't think i think you hit all the important spots okay great uh, i guess there's only
3: one thing left for uh, everyone to do huh stay uh, sick sickies <laughs>
2: True, from
1: sci-fi melody point of view.